This week's episode was brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet has a lot to offer, but one of their most unique things is the fit process for their shoes. Their fit process includes 3D foot scanning and dynamic pressure mapping to help any active person find the perfect shoe for their feet. Visit one of their locations in Omaha or Lincoln, or visit their website at www.fleetfeet.com. If you are able, please consider supporting Nebraska Soccer Talk via Venmo or Patreon. Our Patreon is www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. And our Venmo is www.venmo.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. Tune in next week for the Class A Girls Season Review. And thank you for listening to Nebraska Soccer Talk. Once again, we will start off this week with the interviews. Our first interview is with former Westside Warrior and soon-to-be Nebraska Wesleyan Prairie Wolf, Jake Garcia. Garcia was a senior captain this year for the Warriors and helped lead the Westside squad to a district title and the championship game of the state tournament. On top of the team successes, Garcia was named second-team Super State and Class A All-State by Lincoln Journal Star, and he was also named second-team All-Nebraska, second-team Class A All-State, and second-team All-Metro by Omaha World Herald. I really enjoyed talking with Jake, and I hope you really enjoy listening to our conversation. All right, and on the Class A Review show, one of our interviews, I'm welcoming on a Westside senior, graduated now, midfielder, Jake Garcia, who was a big part of the Warriors' run uh, to the state championship game. Uh, Jake, I know you, I know you tune into the podcast quite a bit, so it's, it's pretty cool to have you on. So thanks for joining me. Yeah. I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, before we get started with the, the kind of the questions about this last season and your future, I want, I want our guests to get to know you a little bit better. So, uh, kicking things off, what, what do you like to start off with as your pregame food? Like what's, do you have like a ritual, before the get before the night of a game or before the game, do you have something you always eat? Uh, well, night before, uh, I usually try to get some sort of spaghetti in, and we had that a lot for for team dinners, and which was great that the parents set that up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then right before the game, I'd say about two hours before. I I don't know why, but it's kind of worked for me. I always have Cheez-Its and a bottle of water, and for some reason, that's just always kind of been my go-to. Um, hey, if, so, if, if it's not broke, don't fix it, right? Um, hey, right. <laughs> uh, what uh, what do you like to listen to before the game? What's like your hype up music? Uh kind of any sort of rock. So like ACDC's one of my favorite bands. Uh, anything by them, like Thunderstruck or Back in Black. Um, really, just stuff I, I like that kind of yeah, <laughs> stuff that kind of just you know gets me pumped up right before. Uh, honestly, I kind of have like a, a lot of songs on the playlist, but ACDC is definitely my favorite. Cool, cool. Um, obviously, we talk a little bit about we're going to talk a lot about soccer today. But what uh, what's your favorite subject in school, or what are you going to study for um, at Nebraska Wesleyan? Um, so my favorite subject in school was probably marketing. Uh, that was a class available to us at Westside. Um, and so at Westland, I'll actually be studying uh, business communications as my major. And then I'm going to minor in, in sports marketing. So 
kind of kind of get the the best of both worlds at West End, but it was definitely my favorite at West Side. Very cool, very cool. Well, you'll you're gonna. It's a fun way to get involved in the sports world. And I guess my last question before we get into soccer is, if you could choose, like one place uh, in Omaha, what's your what's your go to place to go eat? Ooh, I, I know some of my teammates will like this. We we went to Hoo Hot quite a bit, the Mongolian <laughs> Grill. <laughs> we uh, we really loved going there as a team, and I, I gotta say that's one of my favorite places to eat. Hey, hey, as a young as a young soccer player, Hoo Hot's one of the best like bang for your buck places. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, so I, I I feel you there. That's awesome. So we'll jump into the soccer stuff. Obviously, um, the spring season was a crazy one for for your team a crazy one for all teams um but how did you feel about your season as a team overall um you know I, I think as a team we obviously accomplished a lot you know making the run that we did but it was you know more so just about uh improving week by week and I, to me at least it was pretty evident that that was happening um you know we didn't have the the hardest schedule out of anybody but we we still had some some tough teams to play there and uh, you know, it was just awesome to see kind of week by week us getting better. Um, you know, you could see the chemistry start to build way faster, which is honestly really cool for me to see just because last year I felt like it kind of took a while. Um, so I, the main thing for me was, you know, just getting better week by week. And, and I think we did that pretty well. Yeah, because like last year, I thought it took you a little bit longer to get going. And right when you were about peaking, you just kind of just didn't quite do enough to get into the state tournament this year. You not only got in, but you kind of made a nice little run. Um, what were some things you kind of talked about chemistry wise, but what are some things you think the West side, your West side team did really well on the field? Um, for, I mean, one of the big things for me was just applying coach Mike's style of play into the game. Cause you know, it's pretty easy when, when you're in an intense match to kind of resort to that kickball tactic where you just, you know, <laughs> ping it 60 yards down the field and trying to get uh, forwards through. Um, so it was pretty challenging at first, you know, trying to assert that kind of club style of play into a, into the high school game. But um, overall, you know, it made everyone better. And as soon as we, you know, found our groove, it started clicking for us. And, uh, you know, I'm just really proud of the way, you know, the guys took coach Dean's game plan and uh implemented that into the games yeah I thought you guys were that was I think you put it best and I I was gonna say I thought you guys were really methodical every time I watched you all play as West Side it was like you there was intent with how you played um you stuck to like the game like and not the game plan but you stuck to how like your principles of play even if they didn't work all the time you trusted that they were just gonna work in the end which yeah. they did a lot of times, which was, which was really cool to see. Um, Cause like you said, sometimes when you hit that brick wall in a game, you do resort to going direct. And, and I, 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 I like that about West size. You stuck to it. You kept doing, you played some really good soccer and you scored some really, some really <laughs> good goals. Like if you guys haven't, if, if listeners haven't checked out West side uh, boys, soccer, Twitter, they do a good job of posting their goals of the week, goals of the year. You guys scored some bangers this year. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, what was the message within the squad uh, this year? Because like, so I interviewed Lee Wilmore after the uh, coach Wilmore after the game uh, against Lexington, like early in the season. And your goal was, you know, his goal was like, yeah, we can we can go all the way. We think we have what it takes. Is, is that what is that what you were saying as a captain? Is that what you were like? What was the message within the team and from the coaching staff 
like about this year, considering like not making state last year? Yeah. Well, you know, for, for me personally, um, the, the biggest thing that I was trying to preach in the locker room was, you know, finish the job. We our, our kind of motto as a team for the whole year was unfinished business. And cause we felt that, you know, we, we could have made the state tournament last year and falling short in that district championship really just set the tone for this season. Cause we wanted that game back, you know, whoever it was against, wherever, wherever it was at, we wanted to make sure that we had another chance to, to get into state. So, you know, I was just preaching the whole year just to finish the job and, and take care of business. And then, you know, as the season went on, it was pretty clear to me, at least, that the, the expectation of, of getting to a state championship was, you know, in our reach. And, and I, I believe that we could do it. So then at that point in the season, uh, it was more just telling the guys to, to trust each other, you know, play for each other because, you know, we weren't after – after that regular season, we weren't guaranteed any more games, so we had to we had to fight for it. And uh, I was just making sure that the the guys knew that you know if they trust in each other and believe that we could get it done, that you know that we could do it. Yeah, and 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 you guys did. And the state tournament was an ultimate emotional roller coaster. Like just watching it from the outside, like so not being a part of West Side Soccer, watching it from the outside, I was like, man, like you you come into the first round against Prep which arguably could have been a state championship. Like if someone had said it was prep West side, the state championship game, people would have been like, yeah, that makes sense. So you have a state championship level caliber match in the first round against, and I know prep and West side are rivals. Um, you win in penalty kicks. Then you go on to face Brian, who you had played earlier this year, twice, I believe yeah. um, in a pretty, pretty emotionally charged game that in, included an unfortunate red card, but you come out, uh, you come out winners there. And again, if someone had told me that it was Westside Bryan in the final, you'd have believed it because of the quality of team. So you had, a, and then you, then you had to come up against Gretna, but what was it like inside the team? Like with the, all those ups and downs throughout all the games? Um, You know, it was, it was, I mean, like I said, you know, it's just part of the game. You know, this is what we, we sign up for as players, the, the wins, the losses, the, unfortunate red cards, the, the good wins, the, the bad losses, you know, it's just all part of it. And I, I know for me, at least, like I, I appreciated every game that I was able to play in this season, just because every game was really fun, regardless of, you know, the result. And within the team, the, the biggest thing was just staying composed, you know, not, not letting the, and it was pretty <laughs> evident in that Brian game, that that crowd was just super loud. And, you know, that, yeah. that could have, that could have caused us to, you know, make mistakes that we usually don't make. But, you know, and even after uh, they scored that penalty, I was just trying to tell the guys, like, you know, let's relax. Let's, let's stay composed. Let's, you know, take control of the game again because, you know, we have to we have to close it out. And so, you know, it, it was uh, it was like you said, you know, it was definitely a roller coaster of emotions. But uh, within the team, it was more just about staying composed and, and owning the moment. I loved what you said, though. Like you said, yeah, it was a roller coaster, but I enjoyed every second of it. And I think that's sometimes a person. I think that's a really mature like perspective because I think that gets lost on not just players. Because like I, as a coach, as a former coach, I definitely got lost in that sometimes. Of like, I didn't all, I didn't enjoy everything. You know, I wanted to only enjoy the good things. But like you said, it's all part of it. And I, I just think that's a it's a cool perspective for you know any. I'd say this any who's listening, anyone who's listening, parents, players, coaches, like. Jake's perspective on this is pretty cool. So like, I appreciate you sharing that. Um, you obviously play fairly high level for club um, as well. Club and high school are different. What, what's your favorite thing about each? Would you say? 
Uh, I'll start off with club. Um, for me, it was mainly just like being able to compete against different teams around the country. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to be playing at the, the highest level all of my you know soccer career. So even even the, the small trips to like Kansas City or Des Moines and the big trips to, to Las Vegas and uh, South Carolina, like those were those were really fun. You know, you get to see different styles of play from from each team in their own states. And then, uh, you know, I was able to compete in regionals one time and we made it to the, the finals. Uh, we came up just short. But even that experience was uh, truly one of a kind just because the, the level is, is so high. But uh, you're able to compete against hundreds of players from other states. So uh, I just really appreciated, you know, getting out of town and playing those teams. Uh, and then as far as high school, it's just kind of, you know, club doesn't really get the, the hype that the high school does. But, right. uh, you know, having a, a crowd like that, at you know, at state was incredible. And being able to compete in, uh, I don't know, I don't want to call it a league, but compete in the, in the season where, you know, a lot of eyes are on you and a lot of people uh, – really try to stay up to date with, you know, not even just Westside, but other high schools around the state, how they're doing. So, uh, you know, just playing for, for something bigger than myself and, and for the team, you know, we, we also try to preach that the whole season that, you know, we're playing for the, for the Westside community and, and all the, and all the alums that came before us, you know, it was, it was more than, uh, you know, just success for the team in our eyes, you know, we really wanted to do it for, for everyone that supported us. So, uh, I really appreciated that about the, the high school season. Yeah, it was really cool. You could see that that mattered um, when you guys did get the win. You know, right. Like a lot of you went right over to the student section and like I, I noticed in the student section, you had a pretty big following, which was is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think. Uh, no, but I think you're right, though. Like a crowd like that in, for any game, it, it's sitting underneath that overhang it makes when a crowd when the crowd gets loud, it makes your your hair stand on end a little bit when you're when you're there. So that, that is pretty cool to get to experience. So like, let's take out of the state tournament. Cause I think whenever I ask this question, like what was your favorite moment from this last year? Like, obviously you'd pick a lot of the maybe moments from the state tournament, but looking back into the regular season, whether it was on the field or off the field, what was your favorite moment from your senior year? Cause I mean, you were the captain senior year, good season. Like there's a lot probably to pick from, but what, what, what's a moment that you'll always cherish or something that you always cherish or remember on the field or off the field. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to name a couple if that's okay. Yeah, that's totally cool, man. That's why uh, we're here. Yeah. First one being my senior night, uh, we played against Bellevue East, but that night it was raining pretty heavily. And it was, I think there's a few lightning strikes in the area. So we got delayed about 40 minutes, I think, 50 minutes. And then we came back out and just seeing how energized everyone was, even having to, to be in the locker room all that time. And, uh, seeing how everybody was like really excited to, to play was just super awesome for me to see um, just because the, the whole, the whole night was, was special. You know, it's our last home game as senior, well, last regular season home game as seniors um, and seeing all the, the underclassmen and, and the juniors, um, you know, excited to, to play for us seven seniors. That was just really cool for me to see, um, you know, and play, playing in front of friends and family also. Uh, and then for just a, kind of like the second thing is just the, all the team dinners that we had, man, those were, those were something else. They were, they were a lot of fun to be a part of just seeing everyone kind of 
goof off, but then we have some some delicious food that the the parents Dude, uh, team, team dinners. I hope that no high school kids or players take team dinners for granted because they're, yeah. the, they're the best, man. They 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 still they they're still one of the best things about that that time. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Um, so you were one of the captains at Westside. Uh, what uh, what was it like? getting the opportunity to be a leader for this, this season for the program. Cause obviously it's not like being a captain. It's not something to be taken lightly, no matter what program you play for, but just in general, um, how did it, how did it feel to be that leadership? Did you feel extra pressure? Did you feel more ownership? Like just talk about that a little bit. Um, You know, at, at first uh, I kind of, <laughs> kind of freaked out a little bit just cause you know, during the, the preseason, uh, the seniors led a lot of it. Um, and I kind of found myself taking charge a little bit. And, uh, you know, much love to, to all the guys for that because they respected me. Um, so that was uh, pretty cool to be a part of. Uh, but once kind of that first game hit, you know, you're, you're going through so many emotions. It's, you know, it's my last first game ever and playing a really good team, playing at home. And, you know, I kind of was just sitting in the locker room and, I, I always write kind of messages on, on my wrist tape just so it, it, it's uh, it's called positive self-talk. And I just look at those when I'm competing in the game just to uh, kind of stay relaxed or, you know, get, get energized again. Um, but the, that first game I wrote, be, be great like the ones before you. And that was – I wrote that mainly just because – the captains beforehand and in West side that I know, at least like guys like Peter Navoa and Ethan Goldner, those guys were really, really good players. And yeah, they, they were true warriors. And I, I wanted to, to leave a legacy like, like they did, you know, even though I was only able to play two years and they play four, um, I still wanted to be great and, and the best leader that I could be. Um, and then as the season progressed, it, it kind of was just, you know, second nature to, to, to be leading all those guys. And, you know, like I said, much love to them because they respected me and uh, even the coaching staff, you know, they, they let, uh, and my, uh, we, Mitchell Fair was also another captain on our team. Um, They let us to kind of, kind of run the show there during the games because, you know, they're obviously coaching a lot during practice, helping us get better. And then, uh, during the games, it's almost like our test, you know, to see if we really pick up with their with their preaching. So uh, to have Mitchell by my side was definitely a blessing, um, and I and I it was a lot of fun this year. Yeah, I know. I think that you hit on two two key things that I like to hear. Um, first, it's easier to be it's easier and more fun to be a leader when you have a good team behind you to lead, um, and or a good team in front of you to lead however way you look at it. And then it's cool to hear that your coaches gave you some ownership. I always watch coaches on the sidelines, you know, being a club coach, but also being a former high school and college coach. I always find, I always watch coaches because I just find it interesting. And I, yeah, I noticed uh, coach Dean kind of just a lot of times was just standing over, you know, just watching you guys. Yeah. Just play. Not a lot, not a ton of coaching from the sidelines. Not that I know he was making it. I know he made adjustments because I could see those, but like, it's kind of cool that he just in an era where there's a lot of chirping sometimes from the sidelines, it's cool to see that he, him and his staff let you guys play. Yeah. Um, moving a little bit to talk about some pe- players and teams you played against uh, who's which, 
you play i mean like class a boys was crazy this year it was impossible to keep up with (laughs) it's like you win a game you lose a game we win a game lose a game like this team beats this team who beats this team (laughs) who was the opposing team that you most respected obviously like you know gretna's the state champions but like maybe outside of gretna who is a team that you played that was like you know what this team is a (laughs) this team is tough yeah um, I'm going to name a couple of games. Honestly, yeah. I could name like 10, I, but <laughs> I, I, that's the thing is like with, with it, it felt, it felt hard keep, keeping some of those teams out of the state tournament, but yeah, who were a couple of the teams that like gave you guys just the toughest fits? Um, I'd say obviously the, the first one being prep, um, uh, and not even like rivalry aside, I, I genuinely think they're, they're one of the, the better teams that I've ever come up against. And, you know, I've played club with, like, I think 11, 12 of those guys on that roster. So. Yeah, I noticed that. Yeah. So, you, you know, you know how they play. You know what they want to do. But it, it's still, you know, kind of tough to to keep up with them or neutralize that. Um, and both games we played against them, it was, you know, really even um, in terms of, like, possession and shots and you know, chances created, things like that. So, uh, I definitely say prep is up there. And then this one might be kind of a shock, but I'm going to put Miller South up there. Um, the game we played against them and we ended up winning two one, but um, you know, it was that super windy night. Oh yeah. Yeah. Super cold, but you know, all elements aside, they, they defend well as a team and, and they, they play pretty methodical and with a purpose, you know, you could see what they're trying to do. Um, and then one of my club teammates, Zach McClanathan up top, he's, he's, he's brilliant. Pretty, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's uh, good. I, I say it all the time. Uh, he's, I think he's one of the, the most underrated, uh, strikers in, in our state. And I'd agree with you. I, I, I think his, uh, well, this year he had just an incredible goal scoring tally. And I think next year it'll get even better. Um, so having the, having the deal with him up top and then, uh, all of their other pieces like Ryan Lee and Mac Weaver. And uh, I'm sure I'm, I'm missing a few guys. Yeah, You but, got Simon yeah. McLennan, Owen Rutledge, yep. like just, yep. yeah, they got, they got, they had a nice spine. It was like, it was like when they got the wild card, I really felt like, I'm like, yeah, like I know that some, some teams missed out like Carney obviously narrowly missed out, but I was like, I, you know, having watched a lot of teams like Millard South probably deserved to be at the state tournament. So yeah. um, no, who's a, obviously you named uh, Zach. But who's maybe a uh, opposing high school player that you maybe play club with, um, but you play against in high school that you really respect outside? Like you know, we obviously talked about McLanathan, but uh, which I, I jokingly said this on Twitter: there's no way if I had to call a game with McLanathan and McLannan playing in the same game that I could call that like cleanly. <laughs> but who's yeah. another player that maybe you play club with or play club against or whatever that you also respect outside of your own team? Um. You know, it, it, it's kind of weird giving a lot of these prep guys some of the love just because I went to Westside. But uh, <laughs> uh, Max Matthews is just a, a, a really hardworking player. And, you know, I, some of the things that he does don't necessarily get tracked on the stat sheet, like making hard runs or coming back on defense from uh, his offensive position. But uh, when he gets going, he's he's a really tough guy to stop. And He's kind yeah, of a, got, he's kind of a bull in a china shop a little bit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and I, I was fortunate enough to to play club with him for for the last three four years. So 
know, being on his team is, is really nice. And then coming up against them is really tough. But uh, yeah, he just he just works so hard. And I like I like kind of like Zach, like he had a great junior season. And I think for his senior season, he's going to have a, an even better year. Yeah, um, you brought up a good point, too. Nothing is nothing is more annoying to coach or play against than someone who like like Max, like I just like he never stops working. Yeah, it's like exactly. he's like always on 100. Yeah. Um, but obviously, obviously, that's the type of kid you want on your team, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. And then uh, another player uh, is Joey Witt, the center mid for Gretna. Um, I used to play club with him back when we were about 11, 12 years old. Um, and then he made the, the switch to uh, GEA. But uh, playing against him is, is <laughs> really tough, not even just in that state title game, but the, the other two times that we played him and, and even last year. Um, you know, he, he's just another guy that just works so incredibly hard. And, you know, I felt like he, he didn't get a lot of the love for, for their success this season. Yeah. Cause you know, you got guys like, uh, Mikey McGuire and Brett scoring and assisting, you know, all those goals, but, uh, he really held it down in the midfield and, and just played a, amazing defensively. And, you know, as a, as a midfielder, you know, that, that's something I can respect, you know, cause it's guys like that that really push you to, to play better. And when you come up against them, it, it's tough. But, you know, ultimately it uh, makes for, for a great, great game. Yeah, I like that you highlighted Joey because that's a that's a good point. He didn't, you know, I think him and Colin McClung in the midfield, like neither of them got a ton of love. And it's I mean, it's hard, right? Because like you have three of the most dynamic goal scorers in the state. And then yeah. but you also have to have players behind them to to pull the strings and get them the ball. So that's, that's good to hear about Joey's. And like, that's, I'll be honest, that's not even something that I probably picked up on enough. So that's a, that's a good note or a good tidbit for um, our listeners as well. Um, back to your team, who are, who are some of your teammates that, you know, I know you, as a captain, you, you want to name all of them, but who's someone who, <laughs> who's someone who really like, who's a couple of players that really stepped up and impressed you just whether it was on the field, off the field, just generally, I know, Sounds like Mitchell Fair was a pretty good co-captain with you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, for me, uh, I'd say one of the, the first teammates would be Cohen Rusin. Um, so he, he's a sophomore, but, you know, and <laughs> at first in the preseason, he was, you know, really shy, didn't really want to talk to anybody, you know, kind of just wanted to play. And then as the season progressed, uh, he you could tell he was starting to become – you know, a, a crucial part to the team because those first two games, he actually started on the bench for us. Uh, and then he, he subbed on and, and had a, a great first couple of games. And then as the season progressed, he became a, a really key part to, to our success. And uh, I was just really proud of him. You know, I'm about two, three years older than he is. Um, but he, he was he was hanging in there with, you know, some of the best, best players in the state. And, you know, we asked him to, to to do a lot defensively and uh, also create for us in the midfield. And he was just a workhorse that, that did everything that we asked of him. So uh, he would definitely be number one. And then number two being Anthony Feldman, our starting right back. Um, last year he was on JV. And then this year he, he broke through and just had a, a, a terrific season for us. And I was really impressed with how he played, you know, just because he, he comes from uh, Missouri. So, different style of play than uh yep. sporting nebraska and what what coach dean wants but he he came in and, and worked really hard during the preseason and then uh it, it came time for for our actual season and kind of like colin he, he just did everything that we asked of him and, and never complained and, and always just wanted to play and 
uh, I think he he ended up having just a, an incredible year. So, though, and like you said, I, I would just name <laughs> yeah, we, team, but, go down the <laughs> roster. <laughs> yeah, but uh, those two were the were the teammates that you know I just I love playing with the most this year. Well, a lot of times with right backs, right? No, I mean, really the only people who are going to give right backs a lot of love are their teammates because the only time maybe fans or neutral supporters or opposing supporters are going to talk about a right back is if they're having a shocker, right? Yeah. Um, so it's always good to hear when a teammate calls out an outside back because not always it's pretty a thankless position at times. But <laughs> um, how do you feel like next season is going to go for the Warriors? I know they, you know, obviously they graduate you um, and a handful of other seniors. Um, but they still return quite a bit too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think they will be in the mix again next year. And, and you know, I'm, I'm trying to not be so biased, but I, I genuinely believe that this year kind of paved the way for, for Westside to, to be back in the mix every year from, from now on. And, um, you know, there's a, a lot of great sophomores like Luke Nomishi, Cohen and Jeremiah, uh, Paul Wood. They are, fantastic they're going to be really good for them the next two years uh and then our junior class is so big and they'll all be seniors i think it's i think it's 15 total from from yeah you have a bit it's a bit there's a big there's a lot of juniors i remember looking at the roster just being like okay they don't graduate a ton of seniors but they have a ton of juniors yeah so and and i think that's that's going to be really crucial for the team next year just because of senior leadership you know you you want to be around those guys and you know, you want to go to, to, to battle with all of them. So having that many leaders in the team is going to be really important. Um, and then we have some some really good freshmen like like Andy Zhao, who started on JV this year and then ended up with us on, on varsity that, you know, I think the next at least next season, he's going to have, a I think, a, a breakout sophomore year. Um, and then, you know, you're going to have guys that liking Anthony Feldman that you know you might not expect to to do so well next season but they kind of just break through and, and have an incredible year so uh, I think the expectation for them next year should you know still be a, a run at the state title you know it'll be tough with you know your your prep and Gretna and Lincoln East again but um, I, I think they are gonna have a, another shot at it. Yeah I'm, I'm excited to watch boys class A boys again because I really think it's gonna be probably a a repeat of this year where there's just going to be a lot of teams that are in the mix. Yeah. Um, uh, let's move in, moving forward. Let's look at the future uh, before we, before I let you go. Um, you're heading to Nebraska Wesleyan yep. uh, division three school down in, down in Lincoln. Um, what was your recruiting process like and how did you land on being a, a P Wolf? Um, so for me, and it was tough with the the COVID year when I was a sophomore. Um, it, 20, it really I felt I felt bad for you guys. It's twenty twenty two, and I feel bad for twenty twenty two and twenty twenty two recruits because I really think your recruiting was crushed by COVID. Yeah. Um. So for me, it really started uh, going into my high school junior year. So the I believe it'd be the start of twenty twenty one, and it you know it was uh, kind of what you'd expect just trying to, to reach out to, to different schools and, you know, make yourself appear uh, the best that you can. Um, and then I actually didn't get in contact with uh, Nebraska Wesleyan until uh, earlier this year during January, February, kind of, um, you know, they were, they were a, a school that I had kept up with the last couple of years. I obviously know some, some guys on the team already. So 
you know, it's just more of asking them different questions, what it's like, and then uh, trying to keep up with them as much as I could on, on Twitter and Instagram. And then uh, I reached out to, to Coach Bonilla and his staff. And um, from there, we just kind of developed a, a pretty good relationship and then uh, went on my visit. And then I believe two weeks later, I, I called him and, and told him I was committing. And then, uh, yeah, from there, I'll, uh, I'll be heading down to, to Lincoln this fall. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited. I, I, I told, uh, I told Zach and, uh, and Caleb and, and I talked to coach Vanilla a lot off the air whenever I see him at games, I need to get, now I need to get down to Wesleyan because I think there's just more and more, um, good Nebraska players who, you know, prep in Nebraska, play club in Nebraska and now are going there. So, uh, definitely a good landing spot for, for some quality talent. I'm excited to see what you guys do over the next few years. Um, Last question before I let you go. Um, where do you think the sport of soccer is going in Nebraska? Obviously, having grown up in the sport here a little bit, like through high, like at least through the last couple of years, you've seen it grow and change. Um, like, where would you want? Where do you want to see it go? Um, you know, obviously, what the what the union are doing is is pretty special. Um, yeah. You know, kind of just outside the, the club and high school world uh, for a little bit. They. I mean, they're, I believe they play Minnesota United. Yeah, we're recording it. Like this won't air, uh, obviously tonight, but we're recording this on, on the night that, uh, union play Minnesota United in the open. Cup. Yeah. Oh yeah. So like, even that is, is pretty special for, for Omaha. Um, and then in terms of, of club and high school, uh, you know, <laughs> I won't lie when, when we were kids about nine, 10, 11 years old, it was kind of easy <laughs> the, the level of competition wasn't exactly the right. as high as it is now and you know I, I think the game will, will only grow and with that players are just going to get better um you know I, I have guys I used to play with you know back again when we were you know, like eight nine years old and now they're just studs for, for their high school and club team so you know I think naturally all a lot of players will just get better and the the game the the level of of the the game will just increase and you know I, I think we could start sending out you know guys from our state to to go play for for division one schools I know it's not extremely common in our state uh, especially playing in other states but um, I think you know that it'll get to a point where you know Nebraska will become a, a spot where uh, division ones from all over the country will will be looking for players yeah, I hope so. I think it's 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 an underrated soccer state, you know, having moved here eight years ago and getting to be around the metro areas of Omaha and Lincoln, but even some of the smaller areas, smaller towns like Columbus and Lexington um, and Grand Island, like have some cool soccer culture and soccer community there. So I'm hoping that it continues to grow. And I hope that, yeah, I hope we start seeing some more players uh, continue to go on to big time places. But Jake, thanks for joining me, man. I, you know, I know you're out of school, but uh I want you to enjoy the rest of your summer and I look forward to watching you play uh, for Nebraska Wesleyan. And we'll probably have to have you back on sometime soon to do a check-in. Yeah. Oh yeah. I appreciate you for having me on. Thank you. Thank you to Jake for joining me on the podcast. I know he has been a listener for a while, so it was fun to have him on. I look forward to following his career at NWU. Now that I have had three P-Wolf players and a P-Wolf coach on the podcast, I'm definitely going to have to get down to Lincoln and get to a game next fall. We're going to take a quick commercial break before we get into our second interview of the podcast. (laughs) 
I'm also really excited to have this second player on the show. Our next guest is former Omaha South Packer and soon-to-be Iowa Western Reaver, Edwin Cisneros. Cisneros is one of the most decorated soccer players to come out of Nebraska in the last two years. Two-time Super State selection by the Lincoln Journal Star, two-time All-Nebraska selection by the Omaha World Herald, 2021 Gatorade Player of the Year, and a two-time state champion. Cisneros has done it all, and there's more to come from this young man. Without further ado, here's Edwin. All right, uh, for the second interview on their Class A boys season review, I'm really excited to welcome on one of the top players in the state over the last two years, uh, Edwin Cisneros from Omaha South. Edwin, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, man, anytime. So let's uh, let's jump right into it. Obviously, uh, the Omaha South Packers didn't have as successful as a season as they did as your junior year, which would be hard, which would have been hard to match anyways. But uh, how did you feel about the season uh, as a team overall? Uh, overall as a team, I felt like we didn't play to our fullest potential because I know we just had the talent. Like just personally, I just feel like mentally we weren't in it because a lot of the games we'd be down goal or so or we wouldn't be playing as good and like our teammates would have our heads down. Like I, I just wasn't there meant for us. Do, do you think it was, do you think it was just a little bit hard, harder this year and just with some of the players that you lost and some new players coming in that it just, it just, there was some changes there that were hard to overcome. Yeah, most definitely. Cause we lost like half our starting lineup last year. And it's yep. just the gaps, the gaps were definitely hard to fill especially with the young players having to fill, fill them. And we just, we just had a young team. This yeah, year. you so did. It, you really, it was, I, I you really did. It was be hard. Um, what are some things you, you think your team did well this season though? Uh, I feel like they, they held themselves accountable after every loss, you know, we'd have like this little group chat and they'd just like, they just go on there and they just say like what they can do better. And yeah, I felt like we held ourselves accountable really good. Yeah. I feel like you guys, I feel like you guys have to at Omaha South. Um, obviously I know it's hard for you to watch the state tournament uh, from the stands this year, but you have some fond memories uh, from Morrison as a two-time state champion. Um, what makes the tournament so the state tournament so special to you or so great, like getting to play at Morrison? I feel like it's just the community. Like when the whole community goes out to watch you play, it's, it's just an amazing feeling. And I feel like Omaha South has like the biggest community that supports soccer. So it's, it's just the state tournament isn't a state tournament without Omaha South in it. Yeah, I think, I mean, I really do think that's a fair, that's a fair statement. I, I think when I was there, you know, <laughs> I was there in the stands and everyone like neutrals, like college coaches who were there watching or just other people's fans are like, oh, I really wish Omaha South was here because it, it does, it, it adds that next level to everything. Yeah. Um, and I, so that kind of brings me to my next question. Cause I say this as an outsider, obviously um, not from even Omaha in general. Um, but 
is there more pressure playing for South in comparison to like South boys soccer specifically than any other high school program in the state? Do you think? Yeah, I I definitely agree with that because it's just like the amount of support we have as just a community. Like I feel like South O is is just all revolved around soccer. Like that's all South O is known for, and like. Yeah, I just feel like there's a ton of pressure, especially coming off a state title last year. There was a lot of pressure on our backs. Yeah, and I think like the 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 your fans are are super passionate, but they also they also let they also let you guys know as high school kids even that like <laughs> you could play better. Um, yeah, from the stands, fan, and like our, that, yeah. that's a lot. Our fans, not, yeah, our fans do not hold back. <laughs> Both, both, both good and obviously expe- expectations, right? Because I know that they're they're in full voice when when you all are playing well. They they got your back too there. Yeah, um, definitely. How do you think uh, the landscape of soccer is going to change in South Omaha with the you know obviously brought with the rise of Bryan High School this year and then obviously the new high school coming in? Do you think do you think there's enough talent to go around for those three schools, or do you think that we're going to see a drop in in how how far how much the South Omaha schools can achieve? Uh, I I honestly don't know. I feel like there's probably gonna be a drop, but I hope not because I still want to see Omaha South do good. You know, mm-hmm. I still want to be able to come to the games, seeing them do well, and hopefully they make the state tournament. You know, as redemption of this year's. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, like I just think about how Brian was this year. I think that Morrison would have been absolutely crazy if it could have been if if at some point in the state tournament we could have had Omaha Bryan versus Omaha South. Um, yeah, that that <laughs> that would have been crazy right there. Because even your guys' regular season game last year had like over a thousand fans at it. Yeah, it's like <laughs> I think uh, that that game the amount of fans was probably more than than what we had in the opening round of the state tournament. Yeah. For sure. Um, so obviously, like in talking to Ozzy when he came on the the podcast uh, uh, last summer, you guys come from a pretty soccer soccer crazy family. Um, what's it like, uh, like when your family and extended family get together? Is soccer kind of a focal point, or like does soccer is so- like are we are you watching soccer a lot? Does it come up in conversation? What's that like being from a family that has so has soccer kind of just like like very entrenched in your family? Uh, well, when we get together, I feel like yeah, most, it's mostly about soccer, and like I feel like our families they obviously they want me to be at the same level as he is, and that that would be that would be amazing, especially <laughs> especially for. Is it uh is it fun to see? Is it fun to follow and see him? Uh, doing what he's doing down in Kansas city. Yeah. It's like, like, it's like someone coming from your own family. That's in the pros. Like that's, that's amazing. Yeah. It's pretty cool to have someone like that from the Omaha area uh, doing so well. Um, Going back to high school soccer um, over your last four years, who's an opposing team that you, you really respected at any point? Like, that was tough to play against that like was a team that gave you the toughest time as a player. Uh, I feel like this would be anybody's answer is probably prep prep is the most, 
them. Yeah, we there's that's just a hard team to beat. Oh yeah, yeah they uh, and and obviously Prep South has their has a really good rivalry on the soccer field. Yeah, is there is there a, an opposing player that you respect or or like highly rate, even if it's someone that you played with in club, but maybe against in high school, that like when you come up on the field, like you either look forward to playing against them because they're so high quality that it's like fun or that you don't look forward to playing against them because they're so difficult to play against. Is there someone out there for you? That's like that. Uh, I probably got several. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, like the, the, the grad has a lot of players like Mikey and the Perkin brothers. That team was, that team was definitely really good this year. And, but then on, on Brian's side, Cesar, Cesar Hernandez, when I watched him play, he was phenomenal. Just how he carried Brian to a state tournament, and then that that their their first state tournament win uh, that was unbelievable to watch. Were you were you at that game? Yeah, that game was. was oh, hectic. that was wild, man. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's that's Cesar's. Uh, Cesar did a lot of good things this last year and and his junior year. Um, yeah. So, who do you think is the best player that you have played with? so far in your career, either at club or high school? Because you've played with some, I mean, even just in your time in, at Omaha, in the Omaha South program, you have played with some really yeah, good soccer players. I played with, yeah. Um, who do you think are some of the best that you've played with? Uh, I'd probably say Luca and Abdi. Okay. 2019 team, that, them, that duo right there, that was, was like, that was probably the main reason why we won that, that state tournament. Yeah, and uh, you're speaking of Luca and Abdi. You're kind of um, you're you're going in the same same similar path to them. Uh, you're heading to Iowa Western next year um, to join the national champs over across the river. Um, yes, sir. What was what was your recruiting process like? Uh, well, I honestly didn't really understand the recruiting process. I had like help from friends and coaching staff. And then I, they just told me to reach out to to colleges. Well, actually, Iowa Western reached out to me first. And then, like, it's like the conversation just went back and forth. But I wasn't really looking to go the JUCO route at first. I was trying to stay locally, probably go to Creighton or UNO. But, mm-hmm. you know, I gave it some thought. I talked to my family about it. And we just felt the, the best route was going to Iowa Western. Yeah. And obviously, uh, obviously, it's a big, uh, a big recruiting win for them. I know that they're really excited about you coming in. Um, they obviously have a talented, a talented pool of players already, plus a talented class coming in with you. Um, yeah. But you kind of talked about it. Are your what are your goals after Iowa Western? Are you hoping that maybe after your two years at Iowa Western that you can make the jump back? Um, into the Omaha metro area at uh, UNO or Creighton, or is it going to be looking somewhere else? Uh, well, we'll see what the future holds, huh? <laughs> I, I can't, I can't tell you that right now. <laughs> okay. No, that's fair. Um, Edwin, what, uh, just a couple more final questions kind of before I let you go. What, what was your favorite moment um, out, you know, outside of obviously winning the state title, either your, you know, freshman or junior year, but like, was there, is there a specific goal or a specific moment that you had that you like will will cherish and remember? Um, you know, leaving your high school career behind you. 
Uh, I probably, I, I probably got several. Like, yeah. I feel like my top three, my, my first, my first one is obviously that, that solo goal against Gretna. <laughs> I took on the whole team. Yep. And then scoring the, the tying goal in the state final. Oh, that was definitely a memory to remember. Yeah. And then the assist in the, in the, in the last year's final. Yep. Yeah, that's so. That's that solo goal still comes up along my uh, Twitter feed every once in a while, and I'm just like, man, that goal's still so good every time I see it. Um, but uh, you know, being from South Omaha, you have a a pretty uh like rich community down there, like a a very strong community down there. Um, what's your favorite part about um, you know, being from that area of Omaha and and is it is it going to be hard to uh you know obviously you're not going super far away from home but is it going to be far is it going to be hard to move out of that area for a little bit yeah i feel like is i'm gonna just have to adjust from not being there all the time cuz i obviously grew up there made a ton of memories but you know i'll be coming back here and then whenever i have the chance and uh i know that we caught i know that i'm catching an interview or interviewing you after work uh and uh, this has come up on the po- podcast before with uh, Ozzy, but you were, could you tell our listeners what you do outside of soccer to, to kind of help out your family? Uh, uh, well, we have a, we do tree service where we cut down trees, we trim them and all that. And it's a family run business. My father owns it. And that, that's what I do outside of soccer. Do you, are you working full time then in the summer? Yeah, I work full time. Yeah. <laughs> Man, no rest for you. Um, nah. What uh, last last question I have, and I'm not not meaning you. You don't have to pick one because I know there's several. Um, when I when I went to Omaha South game, I was leaving there, and I, I put out a tweet um, to recommend where I should go eat because I you know I I live on the north side more of the city, um, but what. Uh, What's your favorite place to eat? Because I ended up going to the the forum that's right by the field, and that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Um, uh, but where where's where are your favorite? Where's your favorite place or your favorite two or three places? Uh, I'd say uh, uh, the damn. That's a good question. <laughs> uh, I'd probably say. Uh, the Takria, the Ray, that's probably the first. And then, uh, yeah, I think it's Takria, the Ray. I, I can't choose any of them. Okay, that's that's the one. That's the one. That's good. Yeah. No. Okay, very, very last question, because I just remember this. I was reading in the paper, you know, you hit your, you got your second Super State selection, second All-Nebraska, second consecutive All-Nebraska selection. And I, it was either in the Lincoln Journal Star or the Omaha World Herald that your high school coach, Coach Moss, was quoted as saying that you might be the best player to come out of Omaha South recently. Um, what does that mean to you when you hear that? Oh, well, I mean, I didn't really expect it because I played with a ton of great players. And, like, him just saying that is, like, like it just, like, blew my mind. Like, I was like. I, I was like, I didn't know what to say, basically. 
Well, that, yeah, I mean, that's it's a, it's a compliment of the, the highest order because so yeah. considering I, and I don't know all the history of Omaha South, but just the, the, some of the players that you had the chance to play with are, are, are quite good. So, uh, Edwin, uh, thanks for joining me today. Um, and I know our listeners will be excited to hear from you and, and we wish you good luck at Iowa Western and we'll definitely be seeing you around. All right. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thank you to Edwin for joining me on the podcast. If you missed watching Cisneros play, you won't have to travel far the next two years to see him do his thing on the field. He will rejoin a few former teammates and a handful of other standouts across the river with Iowa Western Community College. Iowa Western Community College was the NJCAA National Champions last year, and they are putting together another solid squad for hopefully a run at the repeat. We're going to take one final commercial break, and when we come back, I will give you a breakdown of the final season rankings how they stacked up to the preseason rankings, and a little bit of a review of the season. Nebraska Soccer Talk is brought to you by Deer Creek Sports Cantina and Tacos. Deer Creek Sports Cantina is located in Northwest Omaha and is a good family-friendly neighborhood hangout. They serve Mexican comfort food with all natural braised and grilled meats, maize tortillas, and salsas made from scratch. They also have a variety of beverages for your enjoyment. When you go to Deer Creek Sports Cantina, Tell them you heard about them on Nebraska Soccer Talk and receive free chips and salsa with your meal or drinks. Deer Creek Cantina is located at 12221 Mary Plaza Road, which is right off of 120th and Military. Visit DeerCreekSportsCantina.com for menu and hours, and remember when you go, tell them Nebraska Soccer Talk sent you. This year's preseason rankings coming into the boys' Class A season were as follows. Number one, Omaha South. Number two, Lincoln Southwest. Number three, Creighton Prep. Number four, Omaha Westside. Number five, Gretna. Six, Millard West. Seven, Lincoln Southeast. Eight, Grand Island. Nine, Millard South. Ten, Kearney. Uh, so yeah, I didn't do a great job on those. Here are Nebraska Soccer Talk's final preseason rankings for Class A boys soccer. In at one, Gretna. Two, Westside. Three, Omaha Bryan. Four, Lincoln East. Five, Creighton Prep. Six, Papillion La Vista South. Seven, Lincoln Southwest. Eight, Millard South. Nine, Kearney. Ten, Lincoln Southeast. With honorable mentions going to Columbus, Elkhorn South, and Omaha South. We'll start it with our number one team, the Gretna Dragons. The boys in green were solid squad from front to back. We've talked about them a lot. Obviously, a lot of kudos can be given to the front trio of Brett Perkins, McGuire Perkins, and Michael Stuckenholtz. Uh, they scored goals for fun this year, and they scored them in all different sorts of ways. Set pieces, run of play, counterattacks, combination play, it didn't matter. And honestly, as long as they can continue to work together as a unit, they should continue to do the same next season. It's always hard when you have three goal scorers and, and people are wanting the credit, looking for the credit. But if those three can continue to click and share the load next year, uh, they're going to be tough to stop. In the midfield, uh, the Dragons had Joey Witt and Colin McClung pulling the strings. Um, obviously, Jake Garcia talked a little bit about Joey earlier in the podcast. And in the back, uh, they had Carson Poole, Alex Scharf, and, and the rest of them that kept everything locked down. Gretna as a team was overall really enjoyable to watch. I thought they just, I just loved how they pushed the tempo of the game. Um, and it's really exciting for a neutral supporter to watch and, and maybe not as fun for their opponents to play against. 
Um, and it's not going to be fun for them next season because a lot of them return. In at number two are the West Side Warriors. The Warriors had a good overall season, and I said this with Jake, but one thing I really appreciated with the Warriors is that they owned their style of play, and they always played with purpose in their games. Um, they played a lot of teams that were high-tempo teams like Gretna, but they didn't fall into that trap throughout the season. Um, you know, and even outside of Jeremiah Hate, uh, the Warriors don't have a ton of these like flashy players, but they have a lot of good, solid players who are smart players, know the game, um, can play good soccer, and that allowed them to score some fantastic team goals. If you go onto their social media, um, the coaching staff there posts a lot of their goals, and, and some of them are, are just really good. Uh, Isaiah Valenzuela, Tristan Alvano, Jake Garcia, they were all pretty influential this last season. And in the back, you obviously had Luke uh, Noamishi and Mitchell Fair, uh, who you know Jake Garcia pointed out as, as, a, as a guy that was big time, both in leadership but also in play. Obviously, they ended the season in a tough way. Um, you know, I, I talked to Jake about this off the air, but I, my, it was a long time ago, but my last high school season game ended in the state tournament at 6-0, and it was, you know, like he said, it's part of it, but it still stinks. Um, but Westside is definitely more than deserving of the number two spot at the end of this season. In at number three are the Brian Bears. Uh, one thing you cannot argue about the – the pairs this season is that they love to keep things interesting and exciting. I mean, if you weren't in attendance for a, a big bears game this season, you were missing out. Unfortunately, sometimes the unexpected things also cost them results, games and goals, including in the semifinal where that early red card for that, for that uh, high kick into the West side player with the studs up, put them on the back foot. Um, they obviously uh, were able to recover and at least compete for the most part in that game. Um, but whether they won or lost, it was always a treat to go watch them play because they played hard. They played with passion and it's something that you really love to see. Uh, and obviously they scored some just incredible goals. Um, you know, obviously Cesar is going to be a name. A lot of people will remember um, for his heroics in the quarterfinal game and at different points throughout the season. Uh, the Bears had a number of players who stood out during different times, but one player that I saw and every time I watched him, he played well, and I didn't think he got enough love this season was Xavier Morales. Morales was the Brian goalkeeper, and he did a lot to keep them in games at times, um, not necessarily always from the state save stands point, but just on how he managed the game. He was able – he took all of his own set-piece goal kicks and free kicks in the back, and he was he could get the ball at the back of his feet and he was really comfortable with it. Um, so I didn't think he got enough uh, praise and love from like just opponents in the state in general. Uh, I had the Bears unranked at the beginning of the season, so – that was a pretty big mistake on my part. Um, they're, they're number three here at the end of the season. And at number four is Lincoln East, another team I left unranked at the beginning of the season. So just to just to see how crazy it was and how you know off I was, uh, Lincoln East was unranked. Um, they definitely let me know their displeasure in that in a joking way. Um, but then they, they also proved me wrong right away by getting a big win over Lincoln Southwest early. Uh, Aiden Nachi, uh, is an obvious goal scoring talent for their team. Uh, he, and he can score a bunch of goals different ways. He's, he's a striker though. He just, he knows how to finish. And uh, Bam McPhail is an, 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 was an excellent player in the midfield for the Spartans this year. I thought Lincoln East did a good job. And I thought their coaching staff did the absolute most with the roster that they had. Lincoln East obviously scored win, two wins over Lincoln Southwest, including a second half beating in the state tournament, which was, you know, obviously a pretty big statement by them, 
But like a run of the state semifinals, I don't know if they were they were ever really a state finals team, but I think to make the semifinals was like a big time achievement for their players and their coaching staff. Um, and while they were unranked by me at the beginning of the season, they certainly deserve this distinction as a, as a top five team in the state at the end of it all. In at number five is Creighton Prep. On the field talent-wise, and Edwin Cisnero said this when I was talking to him, Prep, prep's the, prep was considerably one of the teams that people thought were either the best team or the second best team, depending on who you asked when compared to Gretna. Unfortunately, they came up empty-handed again this year, similar to last year. They just fell short in the state tournament um, in the first round. The Junior Jays return a lot of their key pieces this year, though. Uh, Jacob Hove, Brady Bragg, Max Matthews, and a whole host of attacking options that scored a lot of their goals. Glogowski, Asaka, Johnson, Pasale. Um, they do graduate Metcalf um, and a couple other players, but I fully expect them, uh, even though they're fifth this year, I, I expect them to be pretty high up in our poll for preseason next year. I have a feeling that they'll be extra motivated next season after falling well short of where they hope to be this season. In at number six is another team that I missed in the preseason polls, and that's Papillion La Vista South. Um, there were definitely times this season that the Titans looked like they could be a team that could find their way to the state final. I think uh, before the state tournament, if you had told me that Papio South was in the final, I'd be like, okay, they would have had to get some results, but definitely doable with the talent that they had. Um, but there were also times where they were just inconsistent and they honestly looked like they could miss out on the state tournament entirely because the field was so difficult. Uh, they were dynamic in the attack with Gus Kriegler, Andre Santa Maria, and Drew Darnold. And those three were supported by a fairly organized and athletic midfield and, and defense. Darnold will have a lot more responsibility next season as he will expect to be shouldering more of the attacking load with Kriegler and Santa Maria graduating. Obviously, they still return a decent number of pieces back. Um, like I said, they were another team that went unranked at the beginning of the season. Um, but I, And I thought they were a team that showed the most amount of growth from last season to this one. Uh, you know, this I was not expecting this from Papio South. Um, Brian, it made sense because Brian was like pretty in the mix last year. Um, so it wasn't like a huge surprise that they were good. It was an oversight by me to un- not rank them, but Fabio South, that like they, they grew up a lot. They matured a lot and they, they definitely brought it this year. And, and I'm, I'm really curious to see what they're going to be like next year. Uh, in at number seven of the Lincoln Southwest Silverhawks, I had the Silverhawks at number two to start the season. Um, they obviously graduated a lot. And it was uncertain how much that would affect their team. And while they had a solid season overall, they will not love that they suffered a combined three losses to inner city rivals, Lincoln East and Lincoln Southeast. Um, the Silverhawks lose a couple more pieces to graduation, including UNO bound Braden Kramer, but they still return some of their core attackers, including Tanner Novosad and Lane Cruz. Still, I think replacing Kramer is going to be a big ask for the Silverhawks who had a hard time replacing some of the players they lost last year. And I think it'll be interesting to see if they are up to the task to find their way back to the state tournament next season Um, because they're going to be pushed by a lot of teams that are ranked in behind them here. And at number eight are the Millard South Patriots. When I saw that Millard South were going to be the number eight seed, I thought that was pretty fair. Obviously hard for some of the teams that narrowly missed out who we're going to get to in a second. But I thought Millard South, when I saw them play in person, I'm like, this is a top eight team in the state. Um, Zach McClanathan is one of the best strikers in the state. Jake Garcia said it. Um, I thought it when I saw him, and I don't think enough people talk about it. Honestly, his stats probably could could have been even better. I obviously don't read into a ton of stats because I've seen him play. I know he's a good player. But from the games I saw, I thought there were times where not just him, but the the team, the Millard South team as a whole, 
they they set themselves up with great chance after chance after chance and they couldn't you know they left their finishing boots in their bags that day uh they just couldn't score at times um but outside of stud defender mac weaver who's going to hastings next year the patriots weren't like very senior heavy um so i'm guessing they're gonna look to try and they probably have expectations to make their third state tournament in a row next spring and they're definitely capable of doing so in at number nine and the team that was the last out of the state tournament by the slimmest of margins uh are the carney bearcats i was disappointed not to see the bearcats make it mainly because i wanted to see rylan garrett showcased on the biggest stage of them all i talked about it before um nick rubeck and i talked about it you want to see those players that aren't even from the metro area get more love and the best way for them to get more love is get them at morrison um garrett was a true goal scorer through and through this year and while i only got to see him play via live stream a time or two i was impressed i, I really was um the bearcats were a solid team who started a little slower than they probably would have wanted to and unfortunately when you miss out on the state tournament by slim margins you have to be careful because you can look back and you can play a lot of what ifs in your head like what if we hadn't done this what if we hadn't done that um obviously the bearcats had some narrow wins but they also has had some narrow losses um and there's a lot of what ifs out there for the bearcats and some of them aren't even within their own control i mean partially why they barely missed out was because of how powerpoints changed uh in a, a game that they weren't even a part of um but rounding out our top 10 is lincoln southeast the knights had a pretty good season and a trip to state would have capped it they won games over lincoln east lincoln southwest and lincoln pious really good year for lincoln southeast we called you know part of it wasn't just the girls who were agents of chaos for us it was the boys too um however it was results against teams that were around them in the powerpoint rankings like millard south and carney and then an upset loss to lincoln northeast um that caused them to stumble and, that, and then they ended up in the same district as brian needing to win because of their powerpoints and that just wasn't something that was going to happen even though brian of course had to make that game interesting as well uh eight seniors depart from the knights roster after this season and much like their inner city opponents to the west um the, like the silver hawks there are question marks on if they are going to have what it takes to return are they going to reload to try and get to the state tournament next year um well we'll just have to wait and see Honorable mention teams for me were Columbus, Elkhorn South, and Omaha South. Uh, Columbus were a pretty pesky team. And I, honestly, going into districts, they were someone I was like, I will not be surprised if they manage to sneak their way into the state tournament. Elkhorn South, I watched them play once. They were defensively pretty good. They just didn't have as much going forward as some of the other teams. They were very organized defensively. They, 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 they could almost keep every game really safe, but they just couldn't. They didn't quite have the firepower that you know, the top eight teams that, or the top even 10 teams had. Um, finally, Omaha South, I think, you know, talking to Edwin, and you obviously heard there's disappointment there that they didn't play up to what their level was. And I agree. Um, I don't think they played as good as they probably could have played. Um, but even in the end, because they had that talent, because they have players like Edwin Cisneros and Jesus Gonzalez, um, I think there are a lot of people like going into districts thinking that, oh, maybe, just maybe, they made it they were going to be able to win out win two games in a row and get to the state tournament but it just didn't happen so there it was my number one ranked team uh to start the season ends the season missing out on the state tournament and our top 10 entirely another team i missed on a little bit was millard west early on the wildcats were doing just enough to stay in the mix for the top 10. unfortunately it sounds like the wildcats suffered a number of injuries and they compounded those with inconsistent play and the occasional red card 
Um, I think like South, the Wildcats were a team that probably had the talent to make more noise than they did this season. Um, before we close the podcast and the end of this segment, a couple quick shout outs to players outside of the top teams that maybe didn't get the love they deserved, uh, out in Grand Island. They had a few, they obviously had a, an up and down season, a rocky season with some stuff that was happening off the field, um, and in their school district, but Javier Bade was a, a standout again. He's going to Iowa Western. So, um, he's joining Edwin Cisneros and Oliver Benson. there. some of the best attackers. Obviously Jalen Jensen was all state. Uh, Moise Trokes, I hope I'm saying your name right. I'm sorry if I'm not. Uh, he, he had a good season. Lincoln Pius, I really liked uh, Morgan Armagos play. Um, he was really solid. I know he, I think he plays center back for club, but he's fun to watch in the center midfield because he's just a, he's a big dude in there, but he, he can play too. Um, you know, one, one person that's gone unmentioned a lot um, is, is John Warden from Burke. Uh, one of the best keepers in the state. Doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot of uh, a love, but anyone you talk to, they're always like, "Yeah, uh, Warden for Burke is awesome." Um, so you just want to keep an eye on that. Obviously, like players like that go missed a lot of times. And then even Miller North, they they had their first winning season in a while. Uh, they had a collection of solid players like Braden Wright, who's going on to play Division Two soccer next year. Jaden Rolantano and Ben Howard, also good players. But I think uh, what I really enjoy is seeing some of the new faces in the top team. So it's not always the same old, same old. You know, you have Omaha Bryan pop back up there. Um, but then also we're seeing, you know, the bar is raised across, not just at the top teams, but also some of the teams that were considered traditionally lower teams have some big wins and big performances. Um, I just don't think there are many teams in Class A boys that can be overlooked. Like I thought Omaha Central gave both Gretna and Prep a run for their money this year. Credit to them. Also credit to coaches like Lincoln Northeast had a good season. Lincoln High had a good season. Benson put in some good performances. Um, they put in the work and they put in those performances. And so like credit to those coaches and those players who don't just accept that they're at this level and that they can't compete with these other teams because that's what made Class A boys so interesting is every team when they walked on the field felt like they had a chance to beat the other team regardless of who was across from them. And I thought that was cool. In the closing of this review segment, Class A Boys was crazy this year and deep with talent. Said it a bunch, saying it again. I didn't have the time or the ability to get out and watch every team, but it was a fun year to follow along. I did go to probably more Class A Boys games than any other games out there throughout the four classes, and and I'm hoping to see the same of um, next year. Um, I hope that it's just as crazy. I hope that the talent comes back. I hope that the talent gets better. Um, as I mentioned in the girls' uh, Class B podcast, there's just no way for people who cover the game whether it's at the Lincoln Journal Star, Omaha World Herald, or us to get it 100% right. I mean, look at my rankings from this past preseason, just not good. Um, and that can kind of happen with all state and all tournament and all, you know, conference teams too. There's some players who are going to miss out on recognition from myself or other publications. And unfortunately, that's just the way it is. Um, uh, there's going to be teams and players that slip through the cracks or are missed in recognition obviously not purposeful and no matter what media outlets try to do, it'll never be perfect to please everyone. But, you know, I think at the end of the day, it, it was really cool to see the attention that class A boys soccer, especially got this season.
This week's episode was brought to you by Fleet Feet Sports. Fleet Feet is a local family-owned and operated store that is part of a network of specialty running, walking, and fitness stores across the country. Fleet Feet has a lot to offer, but one of their most unique things is the fit process for their shoes. Their fit process includes 3D foot scanning and dynamic pressure mapping to help any active person find the perfect shoe for their feet. Visit one of their locations in Omaha or Lincoln, or visit their website at www.fleetfeet.com. If you are able, please consider supporting Nebraska Soccer Talk via Venmo or Patreon. Our Patreon is www.patreon.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. And our Venmo is www.venmo.com slash Nebraska underscore talk. Tune in next week for the Class A Girls Season Review. And thank you for listening to Nebraska Soccer Talk.